0: The other day I was thinking about the real advantages of knowing Christ in this world at this time. The real advantages that I have because I know the living Christ that my neighbors and my friends and relatives all around me who do not know the Lord do not have. I was thinking about the benefits of God that people without God don't have. As I was thinking about these things, a passage came to mind, and I'm sure you've heard it before, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And I will be reading from the New International Version today. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. What a beautiful passage, I'd like to read it again. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is God's word, and our theme today is the benefits of God or the benefits that this world does not have. Once again, in verses 1 and 2, he says, Praise or bless the Lord, O my soul, doesn't he? He says, And all that is within me, praise or bless his holy name. I like to read books and articles about people that seem to have succeeded in life. Those that are noted as great athletes or great warriors, or those who have reached the top of their game when it comes to business or work or whatever they do. And as I read about their lives, I have noticed one of the traits that most of them seem to have in common is that from time to time they self talk. They talk to themselves. Men, have your wives ever suspected you of being crazy because they catch you talking to yourself? Well, now you can respond by saying, all successful men do that. All successful people do that. Well, many of them do anyway. And I don't mean in in a silly way. But what I mean is, there are times if we're ever going to accomplish anything in this world and if especially if we're ever going to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God where we have to just step out of ourselves a little bit turn around and take a direct eye-to-eye look at ourselves kind of step away from the emotions step away from the loopy thinking and just kind of get on another level and turn around and talk to ourself And talk a little sense back into ourselves. Have you ever had to do that? Yeah, I have. I'm just amazed at at how many times in my life I allow myself as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, redeemed by Jesus Christ, loved by the Father, believing in eternal life, having seen countless answers to prayer, seeing God having worked in my life, I find myself sometimes walking around with a droopy attitude and my head hanging down and looking at my shoes and whimpering inside of myself like a baby. And sometimes I, I just have to say, no, just wait a minute. Who am I? Who is God? No wonder the Bible reminds us and says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Well, Jesus said, in this world, yes, you have tribulation. But as our worship leader reminded us so well today, Christ has overcome the world and still does. And his victory over this world, and if we are in Christ, means our victory over this world. Sometimes I just have to have a talk with myself. Have to have the talk. You know, I know many times we avoid having the talk. If it's going to be a difficult talk with a friend or a relative or an employee or something like that, but usually if it's done the right way, it clears the air and you're glad you did it even though you didn't look forward to it. Well, there are times when we have to have the talk. With the dummy we see in the mirror every day. Yes. And so in Psalm 103, verse 1 and verse 2, he says, he has this self-talk. He kind of steps outside of himself, turns around, looks back at himself and says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Yo soul, are you in there? Wake up. This is upstairs talking. Stop whining. Stop believing you're some kind of loser. Stop dragging around all the guilt that Christ's crucifixion cut away from you years ago. Stop dragging around that old corpse of what you used to be. Just stop it and bless and praise the Lord and. Why? For what reason? On what basis? Because of all his benefits that you have, child of God, that your neighbors to the right and left don't yet have. And by the way, when we know that we have something that our neighbors don't have, that should not cause us to gloat, should it? It should not give us the sense of self superiority over someone else and it does not give us an excuse to gossip or condemn people that are not like us but rather what it should do is soften the heart within us and remind us that again as in worship we were reminded you didn't first go out and find God he went out and found you To him belongs all the glory. And so we need to remind ourselves, "Soul, bless the Lord and praise the Lord today. Now sometimes, dear friends, we have just like a, um, like a brain talk to our emotions. Human to human. Department one to department two. You know, get your act together. But other times... I think when we have this self-talk, when it comes to being a Christian, it is the the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit or your soul. That kind of inner talk goes on, too, and thank God for it. The Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever had the experience, and I bet you a lot of hands are going to go up, when you were reading the Bible and all of a sudden something in that word just came out at you and just touched you, it just lit up, it touched your soul, it, it answered a question, it, it scratched an itch, it, it, it filled a hunger, it gave you courage. How many of you have had that experience when you were reading the good book? Yeah. And do you do praise God. And you know what? That didn't happen in my life before the Spirit of God and before salvation came to me. I never I just opened the Bible. I didn't understand what it was saying. Though it was in perfect English, I didn't understand it at all. But when the, the Lord came into my life, boom, that book lit up to me. And we have those experiences when we study the word where it speaks personally to us. That's That's that good Holy Spirit self-talk to us. Or how many of you have been wrestling with things and you were talking to some trusted, wise friends and they gave you a word of encouragement, a word of advice and it went, ding! That's just what I needed to hear. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Or how many of you have been thinking about things, worried about things, afraid of things? And then a message an impression, a conviction came and landed right into your soul, a rock to hold on to in a stormy time. And you came out of your prayer closet. You went into your prayer closet as a coward, and you came out of your prayer closet as a lion. What was that? It was the Holy Spirit having a talk with my soul. Thank God for that. You'll remember in the book of 1 Samuel read about David and his band of desperados who were with him. This is before he became actually king. And he was fighting battles with Saul's army. He was fighting battles with others. And at one point a marauding band when he and his men were out Fighting another battle, another group of enemies came in from behind them and stole the women and the children and all of their belongings. And David and his warriors came back into the burning camp and all their loved ones were missing. And the fellow warriors with David wanted to string him up, they wanted to attack him, wanted to kill him, wanted to turn against him, be bitter. David was heartbroken, but what does the Bible say he did? exactly he encouraged himself he strengthened himself in the Lord he had a talk with himself the spirit of God had a talk with him within him and things turned around and David went out he and his men and they recaptured and got their women and their children and a lot more besides in terms of riches So we see this in David. Loved ones, here's something I believe God wants you to walk away with today, and me too. And it's this. Have that talk with your soul. And listen to the Spirit of God when he wants to talk to your soul. All of us are prone to linger in the puddle of worry. All of us get stuck on making some decisions. All of us think the way the world thinks too often. But the Lord says this today. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And uh, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, this is the way, walk ye in it. Talk to your own soul and welcome and expect the Spirit of God to talk to your soul as well. Then in verse 3, back in Psalm 103, we read this. These are the benefits you have that a worldling does not have. Verse 3, number 1, who forgives all your sins. Holy Spirit led us to sing today, what can wash away my sins? Nothing. Nothing. There is no money or valuable thing you can give to Erase your sins in God's sight. Nothing in the universe except the what? Blood Blood of Jesus. You knew that already, didn't you? That's because you're a congregation well taught. You're a congregation of the word. You're a congregation of the spirit. You're a congregation of love. You're a congregation of worship. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's one of the first things that's mentioned here. That's a benefit that you you and I have as a child of God that the world does not have. So bless the Lord, O my soul, for the benefit of pardoned iniquity. Right there in Psalm 103... Verses 9 through 12 speaks of it again, right there in that chapter. It says, he will not always accuse, that's God. God will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. Watch this, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, So great is his love for those who fear him. Watch this. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I wonder how many of us are here today and we just cannot shake the guilty feeling we have about something we have done or experienced in our past. Boy, that's a common that's a common weight around the neck of human beings. And the world has no way to get it off. Oh, you can go to psychoanalysis and you can hear teaching and self-help and improvement and so forth. But you see, guilt is something that runs deeper than just this level of the earth. It runs into the realm of the spirit and the soul. And unless there is a solution in the realm of the spirit and the soul, there is no solution to guilt. But thanks be to God for a benefit that he has given his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. What did that son do? He hung on that cross. He shed his blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus who washes away all sin. I'm thankful for that blood and I have a I just have something I want to tell you. As it has been mentioned here today, you know, pastors and ministers are just like everybody else. I was faced with a temptation yesterday. And I blew it. And I woke up this morning and I... Well, first of all, I didn't wait till this morning. I talked to God yesterday and I said, Lord, I blew it. Forgive my sin. And, you know, when you say that to God, when you pray that to God, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder, I hope God's not keeping score. And I hope I haven't reached my limit and gone beyond. But, you know, when you study the Bible, you read, the Bible doesn't, tells us God doesn't keep score like that. He doesn't have a limit or a quota of how many sins you're going to commit and then down comes the curtain. No. This is what the Bible says, that he is compassionate and he forgives sin because what Jesus did was sufficient. It was sufficient for my sins, all of them, your sins, all of them, and the sins of the whole world, all of them, he and his blood are sufficient. And it does depend on Christ because as it says in John three sixteen and 18, that God sent his son Jesus. It says, those who believe... Those who have faith, those who trust in Christ are not condemned, period. But those who do not believe, who refuse to believe, who will not believe, are condemned already. Because they have not believed or trusted in the name of God's one and only Son. And so, let our light shine, dear loved ones, let our light shine. Let people see us enjoying the benefits that God has for us. Let us, with our smiling faces, make them thirsty to have what we have. Let's just touch on a little bit more before we wrap up for today. So he pardons our iniquity. Then it goes on to say in verse 3, and he heals all of our what? Diseases. Once again, we have something the world does not have. Now somebody might object and raise their hand and say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't have to be a Christian to get healed of a disease. We have hospitals, we have science, we have doctors. In fact, have you noticed how the Western world is kind of like a kicked God to the side of the curb? And they say, we have science now, we don't need God. We don't need church, we have science. Well, it's not quite that easy. You see, healing... The healing of a human being has to be a healing of the spirit as well as the body. And even science recognizes there's a connection between those two, however they define it. So you're not going to be healed by just some pills or just by some radiation or just by some smart doctor in an operation. You're not going to really be healed. They can work on these things, and we thank God for the doctors, and we thank God for the hospitals because they help a lot. But real healing, true healing, through and through healing, 100% healing, means you've got to heal a person on the inside and the invisible stuff as well as the body. And nobody can do that except God. That's why the Bible here is saying that one of the benefits is he heals all our diseases. Many of our diseases are spawned from an unhealthy spirit, an unhealthy thought life. Loved ones, as someone who's been a pastor for years and having prayed for thousands of people to be healed, as well as praying for myself and for my family to be healed when we were sick, I cannot stand up here and say I understand everything there is to understand about this but I'd like to share with you just a few things that I have found to be helpful in understanding or trying to understand it may I he heals all of our diseases Well, okay if we believe that how shall we proceed number one when you pray for yourself for someone else to be healed pray and ask with a real expectation that it will happen, a real hope based upon promises in the Word of God that it will happen. Believe it. Now, I'll say just a few more things about this in just a moment, but just let me pause and say this. I have have prayed this way, and I've do so more and more and more and the vast majority of in my experience of praying for people who are sick I have seen answered probably for you too I'm not saying a hundred percent but I'm saying the vast majority yes and sometimes were quite surprising there's even been scientific research documented research. We have websites that can point you to these things. We have articles that can point you to these things that show that when people pray and they pray for real and they pray with some faith and hope that people like that are statistically more likely to experience a healing than those who do not. When I was a college student, I was a sociology major, and I had to do a statistics uh, course. And I, I asked my, my prof, would it be okay if I go to the local hospital, Now these were the days before all kinds of HIPAA laws, okay, privacy laws, I, would it be okay if I go to the hospital and get permission to follow the progress of a number of sick people? I didn't need to know the names of of half the group, but set them up into two groups of similar situations. One group, I would make a brief visit to and pray for. The other group, I never had contact with and I did not pray for. And I was going to test and see which group got out of the hospital and recovered faster and better. And so I did the research. I couldn't wait to find out the answers. And I put all the numbers together. I had the prof uh, go over my numbers and so forth. And in the end, it was my experience that those who had been prayed for were healed and recovered and out of the hospital faster and more completely than the other group. So, loved ones, ask with real expectation and hope. Number two, when we are praying for God to heal diseases, remember to let God be God. Let him do it in his time and in his way. Okay? And by the way, God has a million ways of doing things when you might think there are only one or two ways of doing it. I've been often surprised by God. Number 3. While you're waiting for your healing, God will give grace and help until you are cured. Don't forget that part. He gives grace to the humble. He gives help. One of my favorite passages is 1 Corinthians 10:13, which says, "No temptation, by the way that word also means test or trial, No temptation or test or trial, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tested or tried above what you are able. But when you are tested or tried or tempted, he will also provide with that test the way of escape that you might endure it and get through it. What a precious, precious promise. Loved ones, you will be cured. And this is another superior thing about God's healing. God has not only this lifetime to work with, He's got the next life too. That's why we can stay and I can stand here and say, not 100% of everybody I've prayed for has been healed in this life, most have. Some haven't. But remember God's promise in Isaiah and in other places where he says, And when I return, blind eyes shall see, the deaf ears shall hear, and the lame will leap for joy. Well, my loved ones, I need to wrap it up now. It's time to let you go on to other things on this beautiful Lord's Day, but. Though we don't have time to talk about it, I do encourage you to go home and to just soak up this psalm, Psalm 103. You have a benefit that the world doesn't have. Your sins are forgiven. You have a benefit the world does not have. When you're healed, you're really healed forever. You have a benefit that the world doesn't have because He redeems your life from the pit. And from the grave, you have a benefit the world does not have because he crowns you every day with mercy and compassion. You have a benefit the world doesn't have because he satisfies you with truly good things. And the world can never be satisfied no matter how much it piles up, but you are satisfied in the Lord no matter what you have the gift of being satisfied. You have a benefit that the world doesn't have, and that is even when you're old, you're still young because your youth is renewed like the eagle, and you wake up every morning with a hopeful eye and a hopeful face and a great big smile because he says, you are an olive tree planted in the house of the Lord, and you will remain fruitful even to old age. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you, beautiful church. Amen.